If you've got your Bible open with you, we're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 12, the end of uh, that chapter there. Because if I had to give a, a message, a title this morning, it would be this, God's Unshakable Kingdom. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are able to come round and look at your word. Heavenly Father, I just pray that if there are any distractions in our hearts or in our minds, that Lord, you would help us to push those things aside. That Lord, we'd be able to focus on your word this morning. But that Lord, help us Lord to not make this such an exercise of the mind where we tick a box for the day and say, well, we now know more about that passage. But that Lord, you truly make this an exercise of the heart. That your Holy Spirit, Lord, would change us into the men and women and the church that you've called us to be. Lord Jesus, bless us, our time together, round your word, I pray, for your glory's sake. Amen. Amen. As I said, we're going to look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12 together, because I don't know about you, but over the last uh, few months, as things have got back to a semi-normal, everyone still feels a little bit shaky. Everything we once knew has been shaken. Even conversations I've had with people as they've gone back to work or school or meeting up with friends or coming back to church, this is how the conversation goes. How's it going? What was it like? Oh, it was good, but it's not the same. That's the conversation I've had with many people. It's good, but it's not the same. There's still this uneasiness at the same time particularly as we now go back to work and school and friends and church, everything still feels uncertain, unsteady. Everything still feels a little bit shaky. Well, this morning, I want to take comfort in these verses as we look at the end of Hebrews chapter 12. In fact, the last two verses there, I believe, are the most inspiring, encouraging verses for our day. And I just want to spend some time this morning to unpack it for us. That verse, they start in verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that... ...from these verses this morning. The first one is this. Therefore, let us be grateful. Uh, a good few months ago now, the last time I came, we, we looked at these two verses and we looked at the word therefore and we looked at what it means. See, I was taught in Sunday school that whenever you see a therefore, you should ask yourself a question. What's it there for? If you didn't know that, that's something you can take home with you as you do your own private Bible studies at home. Whenever you see a therefore, ask yourself, what's it there for? And we looked at the bigger picture of Hebrews. We took a step back and looked at the amazing view of Hebrews, which is summed up so well in the previous verses in verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the innumerable angels in festal gathering, and the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You see, the writer here is taking us back to the Exodus. He's, he's taking us back to Exodus 19 and 20. As the people of God are around Mount Sinai, imagine the sight as Moses goes up the mountain to talk to Almighty God 
himself. In fact, verse 20 tells us that the encounter is so intense that it says, even if a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Moses is so scared of what's about to happen, he says, I tremble with fear. As he goes up the mountain to receive the tablets of stone of the Ten Commandments, what are the people doing down below? They're praying and worshipping a golden calf. But here's the encouragement. Verse 22 says this. You and I haven't gone to Mount Sinai this morning. We haven't gone there where we have to obey the rules. We have to do the best that we can. No, we've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, where Jesus brings with him a better promise, or to use the language of the Bible, a new covenant. And he makes it perfect because of his sprinkled blood, because of his death and resurrection from the cross. You see, the Old Testament promises reveal themselves in New Testament reality. The promise of the Old Testament was by them keeping the law, which no one could truly do. But in the New Testament, we see the reality of it through the one who could keep the law. The Bible tells us, became sin for us. And by his death and by his resurrection makes a way between us and a truly holy God. And that can be your reality this morning as well. Anyone who decides to place their faith and trust in him, the old is gone, the past forgotten, the shame and the guilt blotted out, and joy and peace is replaced by God's Holy Spirit living within us. And friends, if you don't know that for yourself this morning, can I encourage you, that can be your reality this morning. Instead of trying to do things your own way, instead of trying to keep the law, which we all know no one can do. Friend, this morning, why don't you face reality? There is nothing that you can do but to turn and to trust and to follow this Jesus, the one that we've been singing about this morning. On that rugged cross, my salvation. His blood was poured out for you, for the things that you've done wrong. So that friend this morning, when you place your faith and trust in him, when you say sorry for the things that you've done wrong, when you place your faith and trust in him, friends, your life will never be truly the same again. Because the old is gone and the new has come. Your life is transformed because of Jesus. You see, the only analogy I can think of is that one of if you've ever been in that situation where you've gone into your home or gone into a building and suddenly it's on fire. And the fire brigade come. And they come and they rescue you. I wonder what your reaction would be. I hope this morning that your reaction would be, thank you so much. That you'd be so grateful for the fire brigade for rescuing you from the flames of that building. In fact, I think you may even become evangelical about the fire brigade, wouldn't you? Every conversation you'd have, you'd talk to people and say, hey, have I told you I got saved from the fire? They'd say, yes, you did. Have I told you about the fire brigade? Okay, yes, you did. Uh, Did I tell you that they saved me? Yes, you did. I pray this morning that if you were saved from a burning building, 
your reaction wouldn't immediately be, as soon as they've pulled you out the flames, that you would turn around and go, thank you so much for saving me, but I do need to go back in and get something. It sounds silly, doesn't it? But how often as Christians do we forget? We've been saved. We've been saved by grace. We've been changed because of Jesus dying on the cross. And yet we're so prone to forget what he's already done for us. At the end of chapter 11, it says that he has provided something better for us. And as Jesus rules, and as he reigns over the situation, and as he's the one who keeps his promises, and he keeps that greatest promise of them all, that all who call on the name of the Lord, not might be saved, not could be saved, not perhaps they might be if they play their cards right. No, it says all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. So it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, how far you think you've walked away. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So friend, no matter what happens over the next few months, whether they're shaky or not, let us strive to be people who are grateful for what Christ has done for us. But I guess the question is, isn't it, are we truly grateful for what the Lord has done for us? And do we live our lives out that way? The hymn writer puts it so well when he says this, lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for thee, lead me to Calvary. And it's so important for us as a church to remember to be grateful. Therefore, let us be grateful. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is found in um, the words immediately afterwards, that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It says there in verse 28, doesn't it? Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You see, when we place our trust in this kingdom, thank God this morning that it doesn't rely on us. Thank God it's built on much firmer foundations. It's not built on the shaky if you perform well enough, if you speak to enough people, if you go and knock on as many doors as you possibly can, if you do well. No, it's built on the firm foundations of Christ's work at the cross. And because of his work at the cross, you and I can place our faith and trust in him this morning. Our lives are transformed and we become part of his kingdom. Let that sink in a moment. The Apostle Paul would put it like this. For through him, we have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Friends, the great news is that we're not just in it. We're not just to be part of it, but we're heirs of this kingdom as well. 
the Apostle Paul, when writing to the Romans in, ver- in chapter 8, would say, and if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, providing we suffer with him in order that we may be also be glorified in him. What an amazing promise this morning. We have so much to rejoice about as Christians, don't we? Jesus has made a way for broken sinners to be made right with God and to become part of his kingdom. What an inheritance we have this morning. And thank God there is nothing and no one that can take it away from us either. Peter would put it like this, wouldn't he? We have an inheritance that is unperishable, undefiled and unfading. And it's reserved in heaven for you. Friends, we haven't even earned it. If we're being truly honest with ourselves this morning, we don't really deserve it. But in God's amazing grace, it's given freely to all those who place their faith and trust in him to be part of this amazing kingdom. You see, at the moment, as we look around our world, it feels like all the kingdoms and governments of the world have been shaken because of this pandemic. Sometimes it feels like even our own communities and even some of our churches, we feel like we've been shaken because of this pandemic. But listen, when we look to God, when we recognize that his kingdom is built on solid ground, it is unshakable. And the most amazing thing is, it thrives even in uncertain times. During the last 18 months, I've heard of many stories of churches of all shapes and sizes who've all found a way to still meet up as church. I've heard of CDs. I've heard of videos. I've heard of Zoom calls. I've heard of everything possible for churches to keep going. And the amazing thing is, is that it's reaching more people now than ever before. People who have never been to church have suddenly watched a video. In fact, I, it, whilst uh, waiting the other day uh, in, during the school run, I started talking to one of the grandmothers. She said, oh, what's your job? And I told her what my job was. That's usually a conversation killer. She went, oh, that's really interesting. She said, I'm a spiritualist. I said, are you? She said, yes, but my friend from the silence always nagging me to go to church, but I've never been. Oh, right, I said. But I've watched one of their videos. Have you? I replied. Oh, yes, they're very good. I get a lot out of them. Do you? I said. That's really interesting. You're not going to turn up at the church, but you're willing to watch online. Oh, it's very good. I, I get a lot out of it. It's very good. I then started to try to name every church in Gosinan or in the surrounding area I could think of, and it wasn't any of them. She then came up to me the next day. Oh, it's Parkland, she said. That's the name. I remember now. You see, friends? God's word is going out to more people now than ever before. People are watching videos. I've heard of people who've watched videos, they've then gone on Zoom meetings, and now they're at the back of church halls. Why? Because God's kingdom is unshakable. It thrives even in uncertain times. Whatever happens, whatever the circumstances, God's kingdom will stand, and it even thrives even in uncertain times. In fact, Jesus said himself, didn't he? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The hymn writer, 
put it like this, didn't he? We have an anchor that keeps the soul. Steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move. Grounded firm and deep in the Saviour's love. We're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken this morning. And the third and final thing I want to share with you from these verses this morning is this. Is that we should worship him. Have a look at the end of those verses there. Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus... Let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. What should our response be as Christians this morning? As we remember who Christ is, as we remember what he's accomplished for us at the cross, as we reflect upon the fact that his kingdom is ruling, is reigning, and will forevermore be unshakable. Christian, what is our reaction? We should stand. We should raise up our voices in praise and worship, in our sung worship as a church and throughout our daily lives as well. See, sadly, we often get typecast as downhearted as Christians, don't we? But we have so much to be joyful about, even in the middle of this pandemic. As the Apostle Paul would write it, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and acceptable worship. You see, it isn't about style. It's about substance. It's about a heart and a soul that lives out for Jesus. As we sing in our homes, in our cars, on our way to work or school, as we live out our lives in front of our fellow students, our classmates, our colleagues, our neighbours, our friends, let us offer time and energy in giving acceptable worship to the only one who matters, the one true and living God. Let us be those who pray fervently and expectantly that God will shake up this community again, that God would shake this land again, he did it before. We know that he can do it again. And that you and I would play our part in that as well. Why? Well, verse 29 tells us why. Because our God is a consuming fire. You see, even in a shakable world where plans change and folks are still frightened, Christian we need to remember, we need to be grateful that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken in any season or under any circumstances. And therefore, let us offer our lives to him in worship and in action as we respond to this great truth. Our God and King is a consuming fire and his kingdom is untouchable and unshakable.